very glad to be back in chapel and back into active service. This past summer has been a very terrifically hard summer for me. I think under present world conditions there are more accumulation of problems than we've ever known before. Now everybody listen closely please. It doesn't matter what you do today, this greater sales resistance. The problems are more complex, more difficult. Things used to be much simpler in this country. They're all tied up now. For instance, you take the question of buying things. You have sales tax in many places. State ta sales tax, government sales tax. Now, I'm not saying that isn't essential because uh, we're living in un unusual times. The world isn't what the world used to be. When I was a boy, the problems were very simple. We lived out in the country. We had uh, raised most of what we had to eat at home. We didn't travel far. I remember the first time I ever rode on a railroad train. I was a pretty good-sized boy. We didn't have many trips to go. People didn't travel far. Distances have been eliminated. In southeast Alabama, I remember boys, I've told the old students here, that went to Montgomery. Montgomery, Alabama is about 100 miles west of my home. Fellow went there and came back and said that Montgomery was nearer the sunset than southeast Alabama. He watched the sun go down and said it's much closer than uh, the sunset after he got to Montgomery. <laughs> now, the world's all keyed up, and it's going to be more so. The world will never be what it's been. You're going to live in a military world. No question about that. You know, a few years ago, they were talking about disarming nations. Now, you're not going to live in any world with no armament in it. You just well to make up your mind to it. And you're facing that kind of a world. You're facing a world with problems and many, many problems. But I'd like to have you keep in mind certain things. First, the fundamental principles never change. Conditions may change. The application of principles may change. But principles don't change. The greatest problem we are facing today in the world is not so much the complications of things. That's not the problem. The problem in this country is we are repudiating certain fundamental principles. Now, that's what we are facing. And uh, out in the world, we are just trying to change the principles. Now, you can't change those. You can solve most any problem if you'll stick to the principles. Now, if we'll keep a few fundamental principles and stick to those, it doesn't make much difference what else happens. Just get your eye on certain things. For instance, while you're young, certain fundamental things. That's the reason we got our little chapel booklet we gave the other day, Chapel Sayings. Now, I put in that little booklet a good many things that if you just build on them, they're practical. Do right. That's always right. It's never wrong to do right. doesn't matter what the circumstances may be. doesn't matter whether you're in war or whether you're in peace. doesn't matter whether you're in prosperity or whether you're in adversity. Just do right. Try to find out what's right and do right. Now, you won't have any trouble, whatever may be the conditions of the world, if you'll build your life on certain fundamental principles. Now, there are a great many Christians in this country who haven't done that. I know a great many Christians who are complete failures. And they blame circumstances and blame conditions. You can't fail if your life found on the right principles. It's impossible. Failure is impossible. You may, the world may think you're failing, but you'll not be failing. Uh, you may have to be poor under certain circumstances, but that's not bad. Jesus Christ was poor. In fact, uh, we have uh, created an impression on the minds of people in this country 
that if you're not prosperous financially, you're not good. I've heard men go up and down this country and make great lectures on how God, I gave God my business and look at my business. Well, somebody else comes along and gives God his business and, and uh, God blesses him and takes care of him and supplies his needs but doesn't make him rich. Now, it's a big fool idea in this country because you tithe, you'll be rich. Man said, I gave God my business, look how I prosper. Now, God does send prosperity sometimes. And I think that God's prospered this school financially and materially because God wanted this school to stand up in this age before the world with a good, clean, clear-cut testimony. God wants us to have that kind of testimony. And he wants to demonstrate that if a school will be true to him, he'll take care of it. Now, I think God does that sometimes. The school I went to wasn't a prosperous school. Now, I was a boy, but it's a good school. We had revivals, opening day of school every year, and in the middle of a year, and people were saved. Many people called in the missionary field and the ministry of the gospel. Now, I know some poor people and some poor institutions that are prospering under God. And sometimes God prefers that uh, we do not have too much of the world's goods. I know plenty of people, if they had as much money as they want, they'd go to hell. They simply couldn't get along with a lot of wealth. They wouldn't know how to handle it. I know sometimes the worst things ever happened in my life several times was when I had a hard time. This school wouldn't have been in existence, never would have been founded, never would have been on this basis if I'd been reared in a palace with a silver spoon in my mouth. I never have complained about the hardships I had when I was a boy. Thank God for them. I praise God that I had to work and walk. You won't know anything about hardships. In this day, we are soft as in this day and day. When I was a boy, we never figured anything wrong with hardships. Why, if you couldn't take hardships, you were no good. And the Bible teaches that. You're going to have to take hardships of some kind if you make a man or a woman in this world. Nobody ever succeeds in life. In any line of life, it doesn't endure hardships. Now, it may be hardships in your work. It may be that you choose to study hard. And study some subjects you don't like. Hardships are essential. Listen, resistance is necessary to the building of the muscles in your body. And resistance is necessary if you're going to build muscles in your will and muscles in your soul. Now, there's nothing wrong with hardships. You're going to have to have it sometime. I, excuse me for this family reference, but I remember when Bob came along, his life was different from my life. He had lived in a comfortable home. I lived in a little country house. And we had a hard time. Draw water out of well 60 feet deep. Water horses and cows and hogs and run the cattle through the woods and, and went through hardships. Well, Bob came along and, and we lived in the city in a comfortable home. Now the question came up, what to do about it? And so one day his mother and I talked to him. We said, Bob ought to go to a military school. He ought to have some hardships he can't get here. He never had that kind. So we put him in a little military school there and where everything he didn't like. Bob was, didn't like it at all. He didn't like that sort of thing. Uh, he, he liked uh, art. He'd come, go in the bathroom and put a bath towel around and a little fellow would come in and act for us in the parlor. He had that kind of taste to us. <laughs> and uh, do all sorts of stunts in that. And so uh, we talked, oh, we put him in the hardest military school that I've ever known. They made him take math and Latin. Made him take. And I used to worry about it. Uh, only child we had that time, I'd read 16 nieces and nephews, orphan nieces and nephews. And so Bob would come home to school and they'd send him back on Saturday to work. Now, uh, he couldn't have been president of this school 
Couldn't have been equipped for it. Hadn't been the hardships of those days. Now, you take the people today that are running along the easy way of life, the way of least resistance. They are not fit for executive responsibilities. They're not fit for anything. You may be a great artist and be a moral wreck and a spiritual wreck and every other kind of wreck. world's full of folks like that. Now, you better make up your mind. You've got to have hardships. Good for you. If you've got a hard subject, thank God you have that subject and dig it out and study it. Sweat blood over it. Brain sweat. Good for you. You've got to have some kind of hardship. Uh, you can't make soldiers without I, I've seen these boys and put in the army. You fellas know about it. Where they put you up against every kind of difficult situation. Make you run when you don't want to run. Make you do what you don't want to do. Get you up in the cold. Drive you around. Making soldiers. Now, God Almighty never has used a softy. Never has been a soldier. The men that God's used have been men that had muscles in their character and soul. And God never will use the soft. This Christian life's no soft life. Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sail through bloody seas? Am I going to quit? What am I going to do? You're not surprised we tell you the test of your character is what it takes to stop you. That's a test of a soldier. Who wants a soldier that will be stopped when he needs to go forward? That's a test of a wife. You know, a girl marries and figures she's going to go home and uh, have a wonderful, happy time. Won't always be happiness. The hardships in the home. Listen, it isn't easy to be a wife. It isn't easy to be a husband. It isn't easy. Listen, life isn't easy. Never has been easy. Never will be easy. If you think it is, you are going to find out something. And the folks that look for the easiest time are the folks that wind up having the hardest time. Most unhappy people on earth. The sons and daughters of rich people never had to do anything, never had any burdens, never had any responsibilities. They wind up life like that. Now, thank God that you're in a school where hardships and rules and regulations are enforced. Necessary to love. When the bell rings, get up. Who isn't tempted to sleep in the morning? Everybody is. fellow said he feels so bad in the morning, he hates to get up. I don't. I feel so good. Three and I hate to get up. <laughs> there isn't any time of the night that's as comfortable as when the bell rings. You know, when you feel just exactly feeling right, the bell rings. And you get up. And hey, listen, it takes character to jump out of bed when you feel like staying in bed. There's something about getting up when you don't want to get up that's good for you. I've had to do that a many times. I remember when I was a boy in the country, I thank God for it. I look back and praise God. And until this day, I can't get away from it. I just thank God. You talk about those things that seem so simple. I remember many a time we were up before day in the morning. I'd get up and make the fires, go out and draw the water. And I remember when I was a plowboy on the farm, we used to get out there on the farm and wait for daylight to start to flounder. We never had, as I've said, but one meal a day in my house. Had two of them at night. One of them after dark in the evening, the other four light in the morning. One in the day and two at night. Anybody caught in the sleep in the daytime in my country, everybody looked down on him. He had no character standing. And if it wasn't up with the chickens, we had the best roosters you ever saw. <laughs> they crowed the right time. And you were up and out in the business. 
And I remember people talk about, my wife one time said, you had a pretty hard time. I had a wonderful time. I couldn't put up, I wouldn't have got out of bed now if it hadn't been for that. I'm going out to this meeting tomorrow. And uh, shall be Lord, Lord willing, because of the rearing I had. The temptation would have been to stay there. But there's a meeting out there set up, organized, countywide, where Bob Jr. was a year ago. I couldn't let him down. Not, if, not unless it's a matter of life and death, I couldn't let him down. Of course, I could be a condition where I couldn't go. But I didn't go the way of least resistance and say, I, I'll just cancel it. Go on, take it. And you better learn it. And you are learning those lessons right here in this school. Of course, you have a comfortable bed and live in comfortable buildings. And have comfortable, lovely auditoriums and fine programs, inspiration, all that. And you need inspiration to make you go, you've got to have some kind of inspiration. That's what the disciples got from the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't have any easy done. They had a rock for a pillar. They walked weary miles. Jesus never had an easy time. But they caught the inspiration of his life. And before they knew what he was saying, at the end of three years, when they did not even fit to graduate from his school because they hadn't been filled with the Holy Ghost, had to sit down and wait for the power to come upon them. And they went out under the spell of his personality with inspiration again. We try to give you inspiration here. Music, speech, this kind of chapel program. I mean, when I started at this university... Uh, when it was a little college, I asked Dr. H.C. Morris, Bill Asbury College. I said, what did you suggest to me, Dr. Morrison? I don't know anything about running schools. I'm born an educational brain. But you built Asbury my little school up to a pretty good-sized school. And he did a great work there. And I said, what did you suggest? He said, make your chapel platform hot. Have a chapel program. It's worthwhile. When I was a boy, that's the weakest place we had in school was a chapel. We made up our mind to give you a good chapel program, give you inspiration, all that. Inspiration's essential. That's all fine, but you can get the inspiration and never take the routine. Life's made up of routine. Most of you are going to spend your life doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Better learn how. So you are getting the training here. And no wonder out in the world where we meet our boys and girls, they go out in the world and, and uh, you find them busy. Find them with a job. Find them with a mission. I remember years ago when they began to bring the idea out in this country that you go along and develop along the line of your inclinations. If you like music, just music. If you like speech, just speech. Just what you like, just do, 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 do all the time. There's nothing else but that. And I got thinking about it. You know, the men that laid the foundations of this government were brought up under a different system. They brought up under a system of restraint. Why don't you let soldiers do what they please? Talk about a military government. You think of that as the most dictatorial government in the world. Military Military Your ordinary government doesn't operate. Put them on a military government. Why? Win battle. You'll never win any battles for God Almighty until you learn the lesson of self-control. I crucify myself. Put myself on a cross. Listen just a minute. You make up your mind now while you're young and while you're in this university. This is a training camp for life. We want you to learn all the math you can. All the language you can. All the history you can. All the science you can. Learn how to speak good English. Learn to sing. Learn to stand up on your feet and talk and talk so folks can hear you. That's all right. But you can have a good voice and not be 
where the continent. You may paint a great picture, and, but have no character, no decency. You may get a job and not be able to hold it because you have certain talent. And you know more and more the world's looking for folks that have character. There's no substitute in this world for character. Nothing on earth takes the place of good moral backbone. Nothing. more sense you have, the worse you are having character. Now, you know, everything in this school is built around that idea. We tried to drill it into you. We tried more and more drill it into chapel. I was over in the hospital listening to Bob's messages over there. On the chapel in the morning, I've been saying, oh, God, thank you. Thank you for the emphasis. And you know, you can't have the right kind of character without the right kind of creed. You've got to believe the right things. You've got to have moral conviction. And it takes real character to stand for something this day and night. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's going this way. Why not? Everybody else is. Why should I be different? Well, you are different. If you're anybody, you're different. God never made but one person like you. Maybe that's a blessed thing. What a world it would be if, he, if everybody's just like you. Would you want to live in a world like that? Fundamentally, we're all the same. We have hearts and heads, immortal souls, get lonely and all that, but all of us are individuals. You know, we're trying to make everybody just alike in this day and night. And, we are, and they say, you know, put them all on a level. They never do. You put them on a level and some fellow like Hitler will stand up above. Some fellow like Flathead Mussolini will step out and ruin them. <laughs> Can't operate that way. Listen, that's not God's process. God calls people to, for leaders in the world. And you'll never be a good leader if you can't take good orders. You'll never make a general in the army if you're a poor corporal. And you'll never make a good corporal, a good sergeant, or a good lieutenant, a good captain if you're not a good private. You can't, you're not fit to give orders if you can't take orders. All of us take orders. I take them. I'm chairman of the board of trustees of Bob Jones University. I make recommendations to the board. Board could fail to elect me as chairman. They say get out. They could drop me. I could be left on the board of trustees this school. Everybody takes orders. President of this university has certain liberties given to him by the board of trustees. They could be taken away by the board. He has the authority vested in board of trustees. Everybody in this faculty is here. Uh, under the authority. We talk about living. You under authority all the time. Everybody. You're under no greater uh, rules here than the rest of us. I'm under rules. They're different from your rules. You get to be the founder of the university and chairman of the board, and you can get under my rules. Bob Jr.'s under rules. Everybody operates in life, operates under rules of some kind. Isn't a teacher here? Teacher comes on certain conditions. 
He stopped operating along certain lines. If he doesn't, he's out. He must stand for the creed. He must, he must, listen, he was supposed to teach and say, I won't meet my classes. Would you want teachers like that? They have to meet classes. They're sick, but don't go. You don't either. Everybody's on the roof. You run the roof when you run an automobile down the road. Going down the road says, go so fast. Not faster than that. Stay on the right side of the road. You say, well, I won't. I'll run by the red light and go where I please. You will? Try. <laughs> Try. And you listen to me. Life is going to be more and more complicated in the years to come. God puts us under rule. I'm under grace, but the grace of God's appeared unto me, teaching me to deny. There are plenty of don'ts in God's vocabulary. If you get your do straight, your don'ts usually say straight. But you have your don'ts. If you don't learn how to run a home under rules, nobody can get in the home. I'll clean up and I'll get ready. Listen, I want to tell you that I don't see how some men put up with it. God was good to me. I married 43 years ago. My wife keeps a decent home. Keeps it straight in spite of me. <laughs> you live under rules. Listen, you will never live successfully in this world unless you live under rules. Get up at a certain time. Ought to be in bed at a certain time. Ought to read my Bible at a certain time. You're going to have to live under rules if you're going to develop your Christian character. And the rules in this school are the best things for you in the world. The best training you're getting here is live on a roof. Sister, did you ever stop thinking what a miracle this is? We came here and in one hour's time run an established government. You take 3,000 people living on a little spot of ground like this. You got to have a roof. That's life. The worst thing that happened to anybody on this campus is to do something and get away with it. That's what's the matter of the country now. Lack of enforcement of law. Any law in this country couldn't be enforced. If it can't be enforced, get rid of it. Prohibition in this country was as well enforced as any other law. It's much better enforcing the law against uh, uh, excessive speed on the highway. Nobody changed that law. They go ahead and enforce it. Prohibition law was better enforced in America, a hundred times better enforced than the speed law in America. Enforcement. Now, a great many institutions have rules, and they just have rules. That's all nobody pays attention to. Whenever an institution makes certain rules and doesn't enforce those rules, that institution is sinning against itself. And sinned against all the students and sinned against Almighty God. Constant, regular, enforcement rules. Now, young people, I want to say this to you. I'm going away in the morning. I won't be with you anymore sometime. I want to say this to you. 
Before you go to bed tonight, get down on your knees alone and thank God Almighty that you're in an institution that stands for rules. And there isn't a rule in this school that isn't intended for your good. And you live up to them. That should be as a Christian. That The exhortation is be subject to authority. Live on the rules and regulations. That's for your protection, the protection of everybody else in the character building this whole crowd. God help us to be faithful. Hope you'll ask God to give me strength and take care of me. I may be faithful to my responsibility. And I'm going to pray earnestly as I've never prayed on this trip that God will help everybody in this organization, faculty and students, everybody connected with it, to live up to all the standards and do your dead level best. And remember this, anything short of your best is a sin. Anything short of your best in preaching. Anything short of your best in singing. Anything short of your best in teaching. Anything short of your best in study. Anything short of the best you can do for any of us, anything short of the best, is a sin. Let's do our best. Oh, Lord God, we thank thee for thy wonderful love and thy wonderful blessings. Keep us faithful and true. We thank thee for the opening here this year, for the students, for the spirit on the campus. We thank thee we've lost so few students that turned home after they got here because uh, they couldn't take it. We thank thee we had so few of them. We thank thee for the happy, bright faces here. Thank you for the cooperation of the administration, the faculty. Bless us all together, our relation one to another, and keep us faithful and true to thee. And give me strength for the responsibility of the meeting. Give Bob Jr. strength for his responsibilities here and also in the field. All the rest of the faculty and staff. And bless us to everything we try to do. Help us to remember the divine injunction, whatsoever we do in word or deed. That's all inclusive. Do all for the glory of God. Help us to make a wonderful record here, to be faithful in everything. And keep us true in the grinding, detailed routine of everyday responsibility at this on this campus. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.